So before I start, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping and let you know a few things. I am going to use the word fat. I know that word sometimes rubs people the wrong way and has caused a lot of harm for people over the years. But I use it in a way to reclaim it as the neutral description that it is of a body. It holds no morality. It is mere description. So that's why I use that word. And also, I'm going to refer to myself as fat. And I don't need you to be like, oh, you're not fat. Don't speak, hard. don't speak of yourself like that. Clearly, I am fat. And I am okay with that because it is a neutral description of the body I live in. And I love the body I live in. So just wanted to clear that up going forward. <sighs> All right. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about the body positivity movement and fat liberation and how I came to be a part of this movement and the work that I do with it. Um, I became aware of the body positivity movement probably about 10 years ago. And I knew that it was important because I had a daughter and I knew what growing up in a fat body had meant for me. And I wanted to kind of shake off some of the shame so that she wouldn't have to have that same experience. So we know the diet culture industry is everywhere. You can't go to the store, turn on your TV, talk to friends and family without hearing about the diet that they're on or seeing some fad workout video or all of these things that just serve to remind you that you're not enough and that people, there's an entire industry set up so that people don't look like you. And that doesn't feel very good. Um, and I just, I wanted to be able to tell my daughter that these things aren't important. But you can tell her all you want. And it isn't the best way I have learned is by modeling. So I couldn't tell her to love herself. I had to love myself. I couldn't tell her, your body is beautiful while hating my own. So that is how I came to start this work that I do. And now when we think of it, we think of the diet culture and, that is, and the bullying and those things, they're very evident. But what we don't see is just the pervasive way it seeps into every aspect of our culture. Growing up, I thought really hard about, when, when doing this, I was thinking about fat representation I saw on TV and in the books I read. There's not much. I thought about Augustus Gloop from trying the chocolate factory. That is a moral telling, telling you that you are fat because you chose to live in a way that caused that. And that's not how fatness works. And then I also thought about the Dursleys from Harry Potter. Their fatness is used as shorthand to tell you that these characters are greedy and lazy and slovenly. It's it's shorthand to tell you bad characteristics. And that's the fat representation I grew up with. So it's hard to find value in yourself when subliminally and non-subliminally you're, sent, you're sent messages that there's something wrong with you and you did it to yourself. And that's, that's what we go through, living life in a fat body. So I knew that I needed, I needed to change that. And I needed to work on myself Number one, for myself to heal myself, but also I was most called to do it for my daughter. And when you're thinking of these stories, 
society is telling you something. They're telling you who deserves a happy ending. And you see those happy endings given to a straight-sized um, cis-het white women. Like that's, that's who society has decided deserves happy endings. When you think back to all of the rom-coms, all of the fantasies, like everything, that's who's getting the happy endings. And that's a message. And we need to really work to change that. And that's why I'm about to tell you about a book that I found so profoundly moving because it, it pushed up against that message and said, everyone is deserving of a happy ending. Okay, I lied. There's one more bit of housekeeping I'm gonna do. I'm gonna talk about this book, spoiler alert. Uh, be aware if you're interested, it is an adult romance novel. So 18 plus, consenting adults doing what consenting adults do. If you're not interested in reading that, then skip it. Like, <laughs> I'll just tell you that going in. Um, but yeah, and now you might be going, her life was changed by a romance novel? It was, which <laughs> is, is an interesting thing in and of itself. I had never read a romance novel. I was somewhat an avid reader my entire life, but I had always read mostly fantasy, some mystery, but I never really got into romance. And then I read this one because there's an aspect of fan fiction and being a lover of fantasy, I as well love fan fiction. So I was like, and then I saw this beautiful fat woman on the cover. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a go. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a brief synopsis, just so that you can kind of know where we're going. This, um, this woman posts a picture on Twitter of herself in cosplay. And the, trittle, the Twitter trolls come out to play and say they mean nasty comments. And the star of the show, which is like a Game of Thrones style TV show, like comes to her defense and is like, she is beautiful, leave her alone. And ends up asking her on a date to kind of keep the Twitter trolls at bay. And in doing that, they find out that he as well writes fan fiction and they are online best friends and a cute rom-com ensues. So fine, fine, that's a great romance plot, but that doesn't sound life-changing. Here's where it comes in. I, for the first time in reading this book, saw a confident fat woman owning herself and her body, and it wasn't about weight loss. It wasn't about her learning to love herself. She had done all that work, and she knew her worth. And it was the first time I'd ever read that. And... So when I read that, I was like, I need to read more books like this. So I went searching. And let me tell you, they are really hard to find. <laughs> There's just not many of them. And um, so I, I, I've been searching for those. And um, this book also validated feelings that I would have living in a fat body. Things people would say to you and... Just things that you, you try, but let it go. They don't know that that was offensive. You spend so much of your life as a fat person trying to let those things go. So I'm going to read to you a little section in this book. And this is a section when she calls out to her writing community and says, these things are harmful. And here's why. So I'm going to read you a little bit. <laughs> All right. 
I think I desperately needed to read and watch a story of how a woman most considered homely and downright hideous could earn respect and admiration and eventually find love in the man she desired and loved herself. I needed to witness her character, her choices, and how her words would come to mean more than him in the end than that the world would not call her pretty. I wanted that because of my history, my family history, my romantic history. I can't tell you how many times a date or a boyfriend or someone I considered a friend has shamed me for my size. They sometimes do it directly, but more often, they're subtle ways or ways they don't consider at all. They do it by urging me to walk, work out or take a walk every time I'm with them or by discussing their ostensible concern for my health or by pushing me towards what they consider more nutritionally sound food choices. But I'm not looking to be fixed. I want to be loved and liked and desired, not because of my size, not despite my size, but because I'm me, my character, my choices, my words. Each time someone I cares about show that they don't care about me in the same way, it hurts. That is why this community is important to me. That is why it's painful when stories come out of our community using fatness as shorthand for greed, for ugliness, for laziness. Now, to be clear, I don't think fat shaming is usually a conscious choice in our fix. Hatred of fatness and disdain towards fat people is widespread in our culture. It comes out in ways we don't intend. And I include myself in that statement. Being fat does not absolve me of, um, being fat does not exempt me from having to consider my words and actions thoughtfully when talking about fatness. I'm not asking you to celebrate my fatness. I'm only asking that you be thoughtful when you reference it and think, would this hurt my friend? And if the answer is yes, then please reconsider. Now, when I read that, it, it does make you think of all of those times people have said innocuous statements to you that they, they don't see as harmful, but they are because they're calling attention to the fact that something, they, they perceive something to be wrong with your body, knowing nothing of your health, of your background, just what they see. And that can lead to a lot of really harmful systemic forms of oppression. Okay. Sorry, I just lost my spot in reading the book. Okay, so before and after, these are some things that are also harmful that I don't think people realize. There are things like before and after pictures. You, you don't see that as being harmful because you're like, I want to celebrate this accomplishment. But your accomplishment is that you're happy that your body no longer looks like mine. I want to celebrate with you. If you ran a marathon or even walked around the block and you haven't done that before, I as your friend want to celebrate with you. But I don't want to celebrate the fact that you're happy that your body doesn't look like mine anymore. And there are also things like um, complaining that you look fat or feel fat 
when around an actual fat person. Because fatness isn't a feeling. Say that you are feeling tired or you're just feeling blah. Don't say you're feeling fat because that is also one way to remind your fat friend that you think there's something wrong with their body. And also, this one is tricky. Doing the work that I do, I'm often praised for my confidence of being able to speak about these things so plainly. What you're saying is that you don't think someone in my body should be confident. You don't think someone who looks like me should be brave and confidently speaking. And it kind of hurts. And these things lead to systemic forms of oppression. And by that, I'm talking about um, health. Fat people are often denied care because the doctors think they need to lose weight before they can have that care. And that stems from society viewing fatness coming from laziness or fatness being a moral failing. And so it keeps us from the health care we need. Also, job discrimination. I think... The last numbers I think that came out were that fat people make 20% less than their counterparts and are less likely to be given raises and promotions. And that also stems back to the fact that it's seen as a moral failing and that you have low willpower. And so these, while they seem harmful, have real life implications. And I think it's important to be aware of that. All right. So, when I learned these things and read this book and did the work, it kind of did what I called, which was unplugged me from the matrix. And I was able to step back and see, see fatphobia in a different light. Now, I'm not saying, I know that some of the things that I've said may make you feel uncomfortable because you may have done these things. But let me tell you, I've done all of these things too. All of them. And never once did I mean to harm anyone. And never once did I think I was harming myself. But when I was able to step back and see it, I I could see that that was the case. And so, in reading that book, and in my my one desire to find more, I started making TikToks, like you do these days on social media. And I got out and was making videos of the books I had read that had positive fat representation. And I was overwhelmed with the people who needed these books just as much as I did. The people who needed to see these stories and see themselves getting a happy ending. So that's why I started Fat Girls in Fiction. And Fat Girls in Fiction is a a website that serves as a database for people to come and find books with fat representation. And um, there are a couple interesting things I found when doing this work. And that is, if you want me to give you fat recommendations, I can give them to you all day for romance and young adult books. That's about it. I have not yet come across a thriller with a fat main character. I have read a mystery with a fat main character, but then the world around it is so full of harmful fat tropes that I can't, in good conscience, recommend the book. There, I've not found a history that, or history, a horror story that has a fat main character, or that um, they're almost all villains because fatness is used 
to be a morality. And so I think we need to do a lot of work here. And in the work that I've done, I've spoken on some panels and done some podcasts, and we were able to um, put together an anthology that came out called Curves and Magic, which was a fantasy anthology with short stories. And the book community is receptive to writing better representation, but it's just going to take a while. And it's, it's fulfilling work. And I have loved what I have learned and what I have gained. And the work that I do with Fat Girls in Fiction is fulfilling. But what I am more proud of and what means more to me is, not, is the work that I've been able to do on myself. I have made accomplishments that I am proud of through my speaking, through curating a supportive online community. But I have learned in doing that to be myself and to show up and be seen in a world that would rather not have to perceive me, in a world that would rather shame me and hide me away because they perceive the way I look to be a moral failing on my part. I know now that that's not the case. And that was a very important thing for me to learn. I also now have a daughter who calls out fat phobia. She was never in the matrix. Like she sees it for what it is and calls it out. She doesn't internalize those statements for 40 years like I did. She's able to say that is fat phobic and then it's a you problem, not a me problem. And that, that makes me so happy that I'm able to kind of lift the burden for her a little bit. So those are the things that are important to me. So I'll just wrap up by saying this. All bodies are good bodies. Your body is not an equivalence of your character or your morals. Your body is wonderful because it houses the beautiful soul that lives inside of it. I think if we could all remember that, it would bring us just a little more peace. And I'm gonna close by reading the dedication in this book. To everyone who has ever doubted, as I did, Someone who looks like you can be desired. Someone who looks like you can be loved. Someone who looks like you can have a happy ending. I swear it. All right, thank you.